Welcome to Pragmatic Live, the podcast series for product management and product marketing professionals. I'm Lisa Sork Friedman, and today I'm talking with Jim Simic, co-founder of Product Plan, about how to create a compelling product roadmap. Product Plan is a leading provider of cloud-based roadmap software for product and marketing teams. For more than 15 years, Jim has helped launch new products that now generate hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. He's a frequent speaker on product management and the process of discovering successful business models. Well, welcome, Jim. We're glad to have you with us today. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with you about creating product roadmaps and how you can actually create a compelling one. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Um, how do you ensure that your roadmap aligns with strategic goals? Oh, that's a great first question. So the first step, I think, is to have strategic goals. Uh, we mm-hmm. talk to a lot of uh, startups and, and product managers, even in, in larger organizations, and getting alignment and getting agreement with the executive team to begin with about strategic goals and what the product goals are is often a really tough task for product managers. And what we typically recommend is that product managers start first with the product vision. And from the product vision, which is this very long-term objective that you have for the product, from that you derive the product goals and the strategic goals. And those can usually be shorter-term goals. And so what we usually recommend is that product managers work with the executive team and other stakeholders to figure out over the next year or so what the what the strategic goals are for both the product and the organization, and then tie that back to the roadmap, especially roadmaps that are executive-facing and stakeholder-facing. It's really essential that those stakeholders understand the why of what you're doing and what you're proposing for your roadmap. And so uh, typically what we see and what we recommend is that the each initiative that you have under the roadmap, whether those are new features or maybe uh, platform-related items or some other initiative, that that is tied back to whatever strategic goals that you have. And you can tie that back in a number of different ways. Um, you know, we, at Product Plan, we help our customers and product managers create visual roadmaps. And so we have ways of representing those strategic goals in a visual way. And so that's how we recommend that you tie back the roadmap to those strategic goals. So, for example, if you have an initiative for the year to improve customer satisfaction or perhaps to increase mobile adoption, those are good examples of strategic goals, uh, you would tie that back to the roadmap in some sort of visual way, for example, with color coding or some other some other mechanism so that executives really understand the, the why behind what you're doing. That's a good idea. I know in talking to people, though, sometimes getting people to understand the why is really tough. Yeah, absolutely. And and so it requires a lot of uh, effort on the product manager side and time on the product manager side to uh, spend time with stakeholders to both arrive at the why with them and then to be able to justify it and explain it later. And so we usually uh, recommend that you do uh, figure out the KPIs or the, these quantifiable metrics that you're going to be using to measure the success of those strategic goals. Um, so you can tie back mobile adoption or customer satisfaction, for example, with a net promoter score or some other some other metric that you can use to measure the success of of those 
strategic goals. And so you can work with your stakeholders to uh, in, in meetings, and those meetings could be quarterly, for example, um, to come up with those goals that tie back to those, the, the strategy. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really the best way of, of getting that alignment with stakeholders because then, you know, you're, you, you stand less of a chance as a product manager of getting stopped in the hall and asking, so why are we doing this? Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, as good, good product managers say no a lot, but they say no in a very, you know, in a, in a very effective way. They're able to say no and justify why that doesn't quite fit with the strategic goals for the year or for whatever time period you're working with. Mm-hmm. So you, you had mentioned KPIs and visual cues and net promoter scores, among other techniques and tools for better aligning stakeholders around your product strategy. Is there anything else that might be beneficial for better aligning these stakeholders as well? In, in terms of prioritization, um, as product managers, there are you know, a dozen different ways of, of prioritizing initiatives. And what we recommend a product plan is to use some mechanism or some framework to create transparency around the decision-making process for prioritizing certain initiatives. And so that's the other recommendation that that I would have is to use some sort of framework in order to explain why you're choosing one initiative over another initiative. Now, in in product plan, we have a scoring model that um, uh, looks at value versus cost. Um, and so this is a very common framework that product managers use um, either in their heads or in a spreadsheet or some other tool um, like, a, like a product roadmap tool that mm-hmm. helps them walk stakeholders through the prioritization process. And that helps create that alignment. And that would be my other recommendation is that you use not exclusively a, a framework because as good product managers, there are so many other factors that go into the decision-making process of why you would choose one initiative over another. But a framework helps create that consistent language that you can use mm-hmm. with your stakeholders to align them. Uh, so, for example, on the, the benefit side of the equation, you might be looking at, you know, initiatives that create better customer satisfaction. Let's say that that's a really important uh, uh, criteria for the organization, or maybe growth might be another example, or maybe revenue might be another example, or something like that. So once you can can define on the benefit side what's important to the organization, then your stakeholders can kind of wrap their head around that, and then you can say, mm-hmm. well, we're choosing this initiative because this creates better customer satisfaction, or this creates uh, more revenue potential for us, or grows us into new ge- geographic regions. Um, and then on, on the cost side of the equation, that's the other, the other factor that, you know, stakeholders, of course, need to understand. You know, for every initiative that you create, there is a cost, both in, on the development side, if you're a software company, um, or maybe there's operational cost that's involved, or support cost, or manufacturing cost. Um, and, you know, then there's, of course, the just the feature debt that you accumulate because you're adding features, right? You you mm-hmm. create overhead in terms of quality assurance and, and all of the other things that get rolled into that. So if you can lay that out in, in some sort of framework and, and even on paper using a spreadsheet with your stakeholders, um, you can begin to create better alignment around why. Now, I know that you all do a um, 
an annual product roadmap survey. And I was interested in looking at the 2015 survey and that, you know, the top challenges matched the top objectives. So product managers were struggling with communicating product strategy and prioritizing. And, you know, that was their top challenge and their top objective. So can you tell us a little bit about that, What, how people can better map those challenges with their objectives? Yeah, yeah, that's, that was an interesting finding in our last survey. Um, product managers, the, the, the survey was around product roadmaps. We surveyed uh, hundreds of product managers, and uh, they were product managers of companies of all sizes. So we, we surveyed uh, you know, product managers at companies less than 200 employees, and some were at, at companies 5,000 and more companies. So kind of a wide variety of product managers in a lot of different organizations, so different, not just software companies, but really across the breadth of, of vertical markets. And um, a lot of them had a lot of roadmap experience. In fact, 34% of the, um, of the product managers that we surveyed had more than five years of, of product management and, and road mapping experience. And for them, you know, executives were really the primary audience for their roadmaps. So executives and, and sometimes the product team and secondarily the, the audience were sales and uh, marketing and, and those groups. But by far, executives were the top audience for their roadmaps. And what we found in the survey is that the goal of the roadmap was twofold. One was communicate the product strategy. So that was the number one goal of the roadmap is, is at a high level, they wanted to communicate the strategy of what they were thinking and get and get alignment. And then the second purpose was to help future planning and prioritization. So product managers would use the roadmap as a discussion uh, tool to be able to make a proposal with the executive team or with the stakeholders and then use that tool to help plan and prioritize. So those are the top two objectives of, of the roadmap. And the interesting thing we found in the survey is that those were the top challenges they had as well. The, mm -hmm. the top challenge with roadmaps were my roadmaps don't do a good job of communicating the product strategy and they don't help us plan and prioritize effectively. And one of the other things we found that I think ties in with that is that product managers are often using presentation software. Um, they're using PowerPoint, they're using sometimes wikis, sometimes, and often spreadsheets in order to communicate those um, those things. And and, and that's a challenge because, you know, these artifacts that they create, for example, a PowerPoint presentation, really are might be good from an initial visual standpoint for communicating the strategy. But then in today's very agile world, that strategy changes really often. Um, and so you get into a meeting with your stakeholders, and the plan changes immediately. And then product managers need to go back to their desk and, you know, rework that PowerPoint presentation, which is, uh, you know, eats up a lot of time and cycles and, and so on. So that was, that was one of the key findings that we, that we learned uh, from the survey. And uh, so, you know, in terms, of, in terms of improving that, you know, having, having some mechanism, and the mechanism can be the tools that are used can be a product roadmap software or it can be, uh, you know, a, a Google document or something to be able to use tools that, uh, can rapidly change that are easy to share and transparent for people to absorb. And so um, your stakeholders, I really, what we 
learn from talking with hundreds of product managers that they want the roadmap and the plan to be transparent. Um, they mm-hmm. want to disseminate that plan widely among all the stakeholders. Now, with some stakeholders, you want to, you know, maybe tailor the message a little bit. So, for example, you know, with the sales team, uh, you might not want to share release dates with the sales team, or you might not want to share specific details for some future initiatives that are further out on the roadmap and are a little bit fuzzier. Um, but the wide consensus that we've learn from product managers is that they do want to share the roadmap really widely with those audiences. Um, mm-hmm. and so you want to find a way to do this in a way that can easily change so that all of your stakeholders, when they go and look at the roadmap, they're not looking at an outdated roadmap. They're looking at the current, the current thinking because that's, you know, as we know in this agile world, that thinking is changing all the time, um, especially if you have a larger product team and you're looking at the portfolio view of what's happening across several different product lines, there's a lot of movement happening. And so that's what we typically recommend is to, you know, have that transparency with stakeholders and give, you know, and sometimes even give your your stakeholders and executives self-service access to that roadmap. With so much movement then, how often do you think roadmaps should be updated? Yeah, you know, it really depends on the uh, the audience and the company. Um, so, you know, in a, in a smaller organization, that roadmap is adjusting very rapidly. Um, in a larger organization and perhaps an organization with a product line that may be a physical product line, of course that is not going to change as much, and you're also – the duration of that roadmap is much, much longer term. Uh, so our, what our survey showed is that – most product managers update their roadmaps at least monthly. So uh, about 36% of uh, product managers are updating their roadmaps at least monthly. And then a smaller number, the next most frequent update period is weekly. So uh, around 30% of product managers are updating their roadmap at least weekly. So, again, it depends on the the audience. Um, you know, the, the executive team, for example, might need their roadmap updated only quarterly, right? And you're looking at maybe longer-term initiatives, and you're, you're not going into as much detail with the executive team. You're presenting broader themes for communicating the roadmap rather than specific line items of features. Um, but, you know, if you're communicating with the engineering team and you're a smaller organization, boy, that roadmap is updating really rapidly. We talked a little bit about the two top challenges that uh, product managers struggle with, you know, communicating product strategy and prioritizing. Uh, have you seen any other challenges, you know, maybe secondary challenges that they face as well? Yeah. Um, one of the other challenges that product managers will, I think, always have is <laughs> getting consensus on the product direction. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really, uh, you know, that that is a continuous challenge for for product managers, and not all not all product managers are the same in organizations. Some product managers are, you know, their role is really to, um, they're more of a product owner where they are uh, making sure that the sprints are happening effectively, they're providing the voice of the customer, um, but that product direction is already set maybe by the executive mm-hmm. team. So in some organizations, the product manager doesn't have as much uh, autonomy and authority to 
communicate that product direction. But in, in other organizations, the product manager is the, you know, the CEO of that product. And so they have a lot of authority to, to lead with the product. And so the, the product managers um, that I often speak with are truly those product leaders. They are given the authority and autonomy to, to lead on the product, to, to figure out the product strategy and the product direction. And so, you know, for those product managers that are given that authority, um, you know, they need to be a leader and they need to step up and, and really drive consensus with the stakeholders around that product direction. And so I see very, really effective product managers, they're meeting regularly with their stakeholders um, to get feedback from them, um, but more to kind of guide the decision-making around the direction of that product. And so, you know, and as product managers, and, you know, I've certainly worn this hat for years, you know, you're, there are so many things to do. And it's really, uh, it's easy to get into a mode of fighting fires as a product manager. There are so many things happening, and, and uh, you have backlogs to prioritize, and you have stakeholder meetings and, and, you know, roadmaps to create and so on. And so often it's really, uh, it's easy to slip into a mode where you're not being strategic and you're not leading. And uh, so it's really important to take advantage of that, to take advantage of that role, set up regular meetings with your, uh, with those stakeholders um, in order to tell them what's coming, explain the why, and then to get their feedback and create consensus around what's going to happen. And so I think that that's really important for product managers to to think ahead um, many months. And I'm, I'm not talking about necessarily grooming backlog stories. Um, I'm really talking about, you know, let's talk about the major direction that we want to take this product, um, you know, new major features for the product or new markets to enter. Those, those sorts of big decisions that uh, you, you really don't want to wait uh, until a month beforehand to be having those discussions with stakeholders. You want to create that vision, long-term strategic vision for the product. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap things up, do you have any tried and true tips for feature <laughs> prioritization <laughs> or product strategy that we could summarize? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so the a couple of I have a couple of tips for uh, for product managers about how to go about the prioritization process. And, and you know, there are, like I said, a, a dozen different ways of, of prioritizing. And I have a few, you know, based on our interactions with product managers, I have two or three top ways that they do it. But taking a step back, um, it's really important for product managers to be thinking high level uh, about these initiatives. So we're not, again, talking about backlog prioritization. We're not talking about, you know, this three-point story versus this three-point story. We're talking about, we're talking at the epic level or even bigger. We're talking about big strategic themes, you know, like this particular initiative to create growth or improve customer satisfaction. So what you want to do is, is start to create buckets of, uh, of features. So you might have a laundry list of items that you think you might want to do, um, but for prioritizing, it's really helpful if you can create and put those items into larger buckets. And that makes the conversation and the thought process so much easier. So rather than, you know, 
getting lost in the weeds about the specific individual things that you might want to do or, you know, UX improvements on a particular part of the product. You want to be bringing it up a level. So starting with that, starting with, you know, big strategic themes. Um, so in my past, um, I uh, was a product manager for a solution that had an accounting component. And we realized through our customer satisfaction surveys that the accountants were not particularly happy with the, with certain functionality. And so we created this theme around improving accountant satisfaction. And within that theme, we were able to add several dozen items that we felt were important for improving that, that accountant satisfaction. And so, it, you know, it, when we're talking about prioritizing and, and deciding to put those items on the roadmap rather than being really narrow and granular about the individual items that we wanted to put on the roadmap, we rolled it up into the theme. And that way the product manager had, you know, and I had a, a autonomy to move things in, in and out of that theme, especially as, as we got closer to development, without affecting that overall goal and uh, of, of it on the roadmap. So it stays on the roadmap, but the specifics of it, which really aren't as important, can, can the product manager can be very flexible about that. So that's my, my first recommendation. And then the, the other recommendation is to use some sort of framework for thinking through the prioritization. You know, I mentioned product plan scoring model, which uses value versus effort. Um, so benefit versus cost, right? So we have the scoring model, but you can be even more, you don't need to be as quantitative as that. You can, you can plot these items on a value versus complexity matrix. And so if you think about it, um, you have business value on one side of the, the curve, and then you have complexity versus effort. And those items that are high business value and low complexity, well, those wind up on the roadmap. And those items mm -hmm. that have high effort and lower business value, well, those are items that you may never get to. So if you, so you can think about it in those terms, those sorts of, those sorts of frameworks, it's very helpful. Uh, there's also the Kano model. So it's a way of thinking about your product in terms of delighting your customers. And so for product managers that aren't familiar with it, it's K-A-N-O. And it's, a, it's a, a framework that you could use for discussion with stakeholders around those initiatives that will delight customers. And if you invest in those delight-oriented features, which customers may not actually realize they want, if you invest in those, if you identify them and invest in them, you're going to get disproportionate returns in terms of customer delight and customer satisfaction. But then there are other features in this model that are, they give you over time less and less return. So these are, these are features that uh, maybe customers expect you to have. And these are things that the competitors might have in terms of features. And, you know, they just need to be there in the product for you to be competitive. But if you continue to invest in those things, you get diminishing returns from it. So, so this model is a good way of talking with stakeholders around why are we not investing on the accounting side of our product, yet we're investing in this new feature that nobody is asking for. And so it's a good way for product managers to, to talk with stakeholders around that prioritization. So, and again, there are 
many, many different ways of prioritizing. Um, in fact, we recently wrote a blog post around seven different ways that product managers can prioritize their product roadmap, and, and um, listeners can go to productplan.com, and uh, you can get some additional ideas for prioritizing and communicating with stakeholders. Great. And thank you so much, Jim, for taking time to talk to us about creating a compelling product roadmap. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed it, and Pragmatic Marketing is a really fantastic organization, so glad to, glad to help and share our knowledge. Great. Well, thanks again, Jim. Okay. Bye. Bye now. To learn more about interviewing techniques, check out our website, pragmaticmarketing.com. We've got articles, webinars, ebooks, and white papers to help you become more market driven. You can also check out our podcast notes to find links to Jim Simic's webinar about pricing SaaS products and an article on the same topic in Pragmatic Marketer. You'll also find links to Jim's post on the Product Plan blog, Seven Strategies to Choose the Best Features for Your Product, and to a downloadable product roadmap ebook that contains prioritization techniques and lots of other great information for product management professionals.